surge illuminare Jerusalem, qui avenit lumen tuum. Arise, be enlightened, O Jerusalem, for thy light is come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The epiphany is in a super-eminent degree. The great liturgical festival of adoration. Beginning with first Vespers, the Church invites us to receive the radiant light of Christ. The light that shines from his face. The light that illumines all who approach him. The light that rises over a world plunged into darkness, giving joy to those who sorrow, hope to those who despair, and truth to those deceived by every manner of idolatry and falsehood. When a soul perceives the light of Christ, that soul is compelled to adore. There's nothing for it. Thus do we hear in the Holy Gospel, and entering into the house, they found the child with Mary his mother, and falling down, they adored him. There are, if you will, three moments in the grace of adoration. The first of these is the perception of the light. To see the light of Christ, one must enter into the house, that is, the church, and entering into the house. St. Matthew says. From the outside, the house appears to some small and perhaps confining, lacking in what the world calls living space. But when one enters the house of the Church Catholic, one discovers from within that it is immensely spacious. The Church is the place of the divine hospitality on earth. Not only is there room in the house of the Church for all, there is also pure water for cleansing, oil for the healing of every infirmity, and a banquet made ready with the living bread come down from heaven and with the joy-giving chalice of Christ's precious blood. And the house of the church is Mary's house. 
Mary's house. Therein she is mother, mother not only of Christ, the head, the infant nourished at her breast, but also of the members of the body of Christ from the least to the greatest, all of whom she draws to her immaculate heart. Mary's virgin body, St. John Paul II said this, Mary's virgin body is the radiant monstrance of the body of Christ. She holds him in such a way as to show him to us. She says to every soul who enters the house of the church, Arise, be enlightened, for thy light has come. I hold him in my arms. He is enthroned on my lap. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon me. <clears throat> the light that illumines Mary's house, the house of the church, shines from the adorable body of Christ in the most holy sacrament of the altar. How can one open one's eyes to the radiant body of Christ? Exposed in what Mother MacTilde called the Soleil, the sun of the monstrance, and not see the fulfillment of the words of the prophet Malachi. The sun of justice shall arise, and health, meaning healing and wholeness, in his wings, or, as another translation puts it, in his Raise. The second moment in the grace of adoration is to fall down as it is written in the gospel, and falling down they adored him. So, what is this mysterious falling down? in response to the brightness of the light. It is the first movement of one who would adore. One cannot adore from a standing position. One has to fall down. Even better, one has to rub one's nose in the dirt, forehead to the ground. Charlie knows how to do that. To fall down is to attempt to become level with the ground. It is the expression of a profound desire to become very little very lowly. It is an attempt to say with one's whole body, 
that one would wish to be able to pour oneself out, to break oneself open, to allow one's essence to be spent to the last molecule, like the precious perfume that flowed from the vase of alabaster, filling the whole house with its fragrance. This is why we here, you see it every day, make the prostration during the act of reparation following Holy Mass. It's taken from today's gospel. And falling down, they adored him. And this is what Mother MacTilde means when she speaks of anéantissement and nothing meant. And when she makes it the very condition of adoration in spirit and in truth. <coughs> the third moment in the grace of adoration is the offering of one's gifts. And opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. These three gifts are, in fact, the symbol of the one and only gift that God desires of us, the offering of ourselves. Mother MacTilde tells us that Three qualities are necessary if we are to fulfill our vocation to adoration. First, our adoration must be perpetual, that is, ceaseless, with every heartbeat and with every breath we draw. Secondly, it must be made in spirit, that is, to say, in a spiritual manner. Thirdly, it must be made in truth, that is to say, withholding nothing, surrendering all, reserving no particle of what we would offer God for ourselves. You can see these three qualities represented in the Magi's gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The gold represents something of perpetual value, something that has perpetual quality. What then does it mean to adore perpetually? Mother MacTill says, our adoration must be perpetual since it is the same God whom we adore in the most holy sacrament who is present to us in every place. Our adoration doesn't somehow stop when we go out of the oratory. Here we can see that Mother Mathilde's doctrine of adoration is in fact a profoundly personal and life-giving interpretation of St. Benedict's 12th degree of humility. Humility in the holy rule. For Mother Mathilde, the fullest expression of adoration is humility. And the fullest expression of humility is adoration. For Mother MacTilde, humility and adoration are in fact synonymous. The monk who is always humble is always adoring. And the monk who is always adoring will be always humble. 
The soul who is humble will adore. And the soul who adores will, will become humble. Mother Mathilde would have us adore always and everywhere, in the work of God, in the oratory, in the monastery, in the garden, on the road, in the field, or wherever a monk may be, whether sitting, walking, or standing, the words of St. Benedict. An adoration that is perpetual is an adoration that rises with every breath that we draw, an adoration marked by the rhythm of every heartbeat. Now frankincense. Frankincense represents the costly spiritual sacrifice that is adoration. Frankincense, you see, is the vital essence of the tree that produces it. It is, if you will, the lifeblood of the tree. The tree must be slashed open in order to extract the frankincense. The tree is slashed and the precious essence bleeds out of it. One who would adore in spirit must be ready to be stripped and slashed. The bark is removed from the tree first and then the tree is cut open. One who would adore in spirit must be ready to be stripped and slashed like the frankincense tree, so as to give the blood of one's very essence in sacrifice. A sacrifice that is measured and piously calculated and weighed is no sacrifice. It cannot be a spiritual sacrifice, one that is worthy of God who created us in his image and likeness, to participate in the royal priesthood and in the victimhood of his son. Myrrh. Myrrh represents adoration in truth. Like frankincense, myrrh is the lifeblood of a tree, of a small, thorny tree. When a tree is bled of its essence, one sees it for what it really is. So too, when a soul allows her very essence to be bled out of her in adoration, she is what she is before God. There can be no perseverance in perpetual adoration without this essential bleeding out. And without it, there can be no sacrifice, no victimhood worthy of the light that from the altar shines before the eyes of the world. The light has shone upon us. We have entered the house, Mary's house, the house that is the church, house that for us is this monastery. We have heard the word, and now with the Magi, but also with our Father Saint Benedict, with Mother MacTilde, 
and with all the men and women who have ever adored perpetually and in spirit and in truth, we have only to fall down, joining our adoration to theirs and consenting that by the mystic overshadowing of the Holy Ghost in this Holy Mass over the oblations of bread, wine, and of ourselves, our adoration be consecrated in spirit and in truth. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.